What's happening, Plum Creek? How y'all doing? Go ahead and turn to Mark chapter 2. I am going to be judicious with my time. I'm going to use it wisely. We're going to get right into the text. Uh, Mark chapter 2. I share it with the last service. If you've seen me preach here before, you know that typically I don't wear a suit. But I watched a clip of the sermon from last week, and dude was so jacked, I said, I'm going to cover myself up. (laughs) Ain't dumb. Mark chapter 2 reads this way, and again, he entered Capernaum. He is Jesus. Jesus entered Capernaum after some days, and it was it was heard that he was in the house. Boy, that'll preach right there. It was heard he was in the house. Immediately, many gathered together so that there was no longer room to receive them, not even near the door. And he preached the word to them. Then they came to him, bringing a paralytic who was carried by four men. When they could not come near him because of the crowd, they uncovered the roof where he was. So they... When they had broken through, they let down the bed on which the paralytic was lying. When Jesus saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. We'll read the rest next. And in just a short period of time, we'll get to it. Here's what we have read thus far. (laughs) I'm a country boy. We would say it this way in the country where I'm from. In this text, Jesus then gone and got himself a reputation. That's what's happened. He's got himself a reputation, so much so that now it's packed at the house he's preaching at. They're packing it out. Everybody wants to be there. Maybe they know that if we show up where Jesus is at, uh, we just might get a breakthrough. We just might get a healing. Maybe they've heard that he doesn't preach. He doesn't teach like other people. He preaches with authority. All I know is it's packed out, and I'm going to guess it's not Easter, but they're there. Hmm. But just imagine this. I'm assuming he was sitting because typically the rabbi sat, but he's teaching, and you know this, Jesus had to be good. (laughs) I'm going to just go out on a limb and say he knew what he was talking about. He's teaching. Imagine this. In the middle of your teaching, you you start hearing stuff up on the housetop. It's not reindeer. It's not Santa. And all of a sudden, you look up and bits and pieces of the roof is falling down on you. And all of a sudden, you start to see a small hole, and the hole gets bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger, and you don't stop them. They interrupt church as usual, and you don't have a problem with it. Because maybe you don't always want church as usual. The hole is so big that they can let a grown man down through the hole. That's a big hole. (laughs) Imagine that if you're the teacher. But also imagine this. People 
want to break in your church not because they want to steal your Apple products or your musical instruments. They're breaking in because they want Jesus. Imagine that. Imagine people breaking in Plum Creek because they want this. They impressed Jesus so much he saw their faith. You know the story. He forgave the paralytic and he healed their, his sin. That's the big point of the text. He forgave and he healed. Having said that, that's not what I'm preaching today. I'm going to hit the text from a different angle. I want to talk about the four men. The four men. The four men. For years, when I've read this text, I always, when I read it, read it, I think about my ain't ID. And she died in March. My last living honor uncle, my mom's sister. And so now I really think about her when I read it. She died on a Saturday. I was with her a dying day. The next day her family called me and asked me to speak at her funeral. I wanted to keep it light uh, because I think that's what ain't ID would have wanted. So I told stories about ain't ID, make people laugh. And one of the stories I told was about 23 years ago, I was living in Chicago, but I came to my hometown to visit. Whenever I came home, I always dressed up, even just on a Monday. I wanted people in my hometown to think that I was doing better than I was doing. So I just put on my best clothes and just walked the streets. And I remember going to see my best friend who lived in the first house on one side of the street. Ain't I D lived on the other side of the street. And I had on, I remember what I wore, had on some seersucker pants, tailor-made from the thrift shop. <laughs> and I had on a bright yellow butterfly collar shirt. And I had on these exact shoes. My Don Johnson Miami Vice sandals. And, 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 and I could see Ain't ID as I approached my friend's house, and we began to talk. Uh, and Ain't ID was doing her yard, but she's talking to me. She says, Keith, you look so good, son. Son, you're so sharp. Uh, I love those seersucker pants. I love that shirt. And then she said, but them shoes, them shoes is ugly. And I shrunk. All of my swag was gone. She said, you don't need to wear them shoes no more. 20-something years ago, I probably worn the shoes maybe three or four times since. I told the story. Why? I wanted people to know that you need a friend who will tell you the truth about yourself. Everybody needs that. Then I told another story. When I was just a little boy, four or five years old, my mom and Ain't ID were inseparable literally until Ain't ID's dying day. I watched my mom kiss Ain't ID right before she died. They were inseparable. Every Saturday, they went uptown. In my little small town, we had one little block, one square, the town square. They did that every Saturday. This particular day, my brothers didn't get to go. My cousins didn't get to go. But for some reason, I got to go with Mama and Ain't ID. We get out of the car, and immediately, my mom knew that I was off the chain. She knew that I was a handful. She grabbed my hand because she didn't want me to run in the street. And she's squeezing my hand, and I don't like that because I'm four or five years old. I'm grown. <laughs> and I don't want her holding my hand. And, and she holds my hand, and, and unprovoked, unsolicited, ain't I D grabbed my other hand. So I feel like a prisoner. 
and we're walking. And so my creative juices began to flow. And I decided, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to pick up both of my feet. Yeah, I picked up both of my feet. And even at four or five, I wrote this song right there on the spot. Come on and take a free ride. I wrote that. Right there, I got a free ride. I was not at an amusement park, but I got a free ride. My feet were off the ground. We were laughing, having fun. And here's what I wanted her family to know. Ain't I D carried me. (laughs) Similar to the man in the text, she carried me. And I'm not simply talking about that day. She carried me as long as I knew her. She carried me. Same as the four men in the text, I want to start out with the question, do you only carry people or problems and never people to Jesus? I'll ask it again. Do you only carry problems to Jesus but never people? You always tell him what you want, but you never carry neighbors to him. You always tell him what you need, but you never carry family members to him. I want to challenge us today, carry somebody carry somebody. Let's pray. Speak, Father. Speak. We need you to speak. And I thank you that we can be confident that you want to. What I do now is I decrease. I beg you to increase. Holy Spirit, do what I cannot do. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Amen. Question number one, when I look at the text, is who are you carrying? Who are you carrying? Who are you carrying? In the text. By the way, let's even make this a homework assignment. Answer that question. Who am I carrying uh, in, 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 in an effort to make disciples of them? Who am I carrying? Or am I just coming to church, but I'm not really carrying anybody? Who am I carrying? In the text, uh, the answer is obvious. They're carrying a paralytic right? Four men are carrying a paralytic. I don't have a body, but just imagine this is his body. They're carrying him. A paralyzed man is who they're carrying. That means they're carrying somebody who cannot walk. They're carrying somebody who cannot move. Check this out. They're carrying somebody who cannot help himself. But here's what blesses me. He cannot help them either. (laughs) been in church a long time, all of my life, and here's what I know for sure. There are a lot of people that come to church. They only carry people who will carry them. (laughs) They only help people who will help them. They will only scratch your back if you'll scratch theirs. They'll only bend over backwards for you if you'll bend over backwards for them. Uh, By the way, if that's you, if we only help people that help us, we're not disciple makers. We're manipulators. If we only carry people that carry us, we're just networking. And that's not what we're called to do. We are called to be disciple makers. Who are you carrying? Are there any people that you just don't want to carry? I think I've asked a similar question here before. Anybody? Maybe just too poor for you to carry. Maybe they don't smell good on the street and you just don't want to carry them. 
Anybody too rich? You don't like rich people. And you just don't want to carry him. <laughs> Anybody too gay for you to carry? Anybody too Republican? Too Democrat? Who will you not carry? Can I get you to do me a favor? Reflect on who carried you. You remember what you used to do and you still do it? Who carried you? They didn't judge you, uh, but they had a plan for your future. They had faith for your future even when you didn't see it. How dare we not have mercy to carry people who can't help us? Who are you carrying? <laughs> they carried a paralyzed Man, he could not reciprocate. Who are you carrying? Ain't I carried me? I wasn't too young for her to carry. I wasn't too unimportant for her to carry. I wasn't too insignificant. By the way, I didn't pay her. I didn't say thank you, but she never complained. Who, who are you carrying? That's question number one. Question number two, how are you carrying them? If I had to choose one of the questions uh, to really meditate on, this would be the one. How, how are you carrying them? Said this the last service. At our church, I pastor a church called The Factory. We have a lot of T-shirts that we give our members and bracelets and caps and sweatshirts, similar to Plum Creek. Here's what I don't want. Them carrying people wrong at work, wearing our gear. Don't put a bumper sticker on and you always driving down the freeway telling people they're number one. <laughs> how, 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 how are you carrying people? Uh, could it be that, that you're actually hurting the cause of the gospel in how you do what you do? In the text, how did they carry this man? Now, it's easy, verse 5. My Bible says when Jesus saw their faith, <laughs> oh, golly, he, he, he saw their faith. They're carrying this man. He didn't hear about their faith at men's Bible study. He saw it. He didn't go to a prayer breakfast and hear them talking faith. He actually witnessed faith. That's how they carried the man, with faith that was visible. I believe this. He saw the faith of all five men. I'm going to pause a little bit. All five of them, the dude that was being carried, lowered down into the roof. If somebody's going to let me down through a roof, I might want to have faith. <laughs> Here's what I believe. There are a lot of you even in this room today. You no longer have faith that other people can carry you because you've been hurt. You've been dropped. Uh, by the way, sometimes by church folk. And now you're skeptical. Sometimes you've been dropped by people who know better. We have a, a lot of people at our church that they left one particular church. It was a mega church, and their pastor just kept having affairs. He would repent, and it would continue for years. And I think of one lady, her first day there, I don't know her. She cries on my shoulder. Why? She's been dropped. 
You got to have faith to let other people carry you. You want to have faith, but uncle touched me inappropriately. I've been molested. I've been abused. That coach, that person that I trusted. And I want to encourage you, it's time to trust again. I know that's hard. Start with trusting God. Start there. And I want to be sensitive. Start there. How are we carrying people? I don't know about you. I don't want to pastor a church that drops people. <laughs> Doug's my dude. He's my friend. We talk, man. We had breakfast this morning. When I come here, I eat too much. <laughs> I want to lie in a coffin when I'm dead with legacy. I don't have to have a big church. I want scandal-free. I don't want to drop people. Dropping people could just mean you jacking up teaching in this. I want to teach the truth. Ah, sometimes I feel the Holy Ghost moving. I know I got to get to my point. <laughs> I'm a preacher. I don't want to drop people. You got to take the same responsibility. You ever ha had somebody do something for you? You asked them to do something for you. They did it, but you could tell they didn't want to. Okay, y'all don't feel me. Anybody in here got kids? <laughs> now you feel me. Uh, 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 I'm going to just tell the truth. I lied to other services. I'll tell the truth this one. I got two, I got two kids, uh, and I'll ask my son, go cut the grass. And he'll cut it like this. <laughs> missing, missing spots. Well, I'll ask my daughter, do the dishes. By the way, doing dishes today is nothing like when I was growing up when you had to put palm olive in the sink, turn on the hot water, put on that little thing that you squirt in and to make it bubble up, then you wash the dishes, you put them in the other sink, you rinse each dish, then you dry them. All she has to do is put them in the dishwasher and press. <laughs> but I've asked her to do it before, and I'm just lucky she doesn't break the plates. They do it, but I can tell they don't want to. I can tell. I'm not as dumb as I look. I can tell. And that's what scares me. We help people, church, I'm talking to the church. We help people, but they can tell. They can tell. <laughs> They can tell we don't want to. <laughs> All of these platitudes and cliches, but we don't want to. If I was Mexican, I would wonder, does the American church want to carry me? Sorry. I'd wonder. If I was gay, I would wonder... Can they disagree with me, but still carry me? Can they carry me just a little while before they even tell me they disagree? Can they love me before they start schooling me? They can tell. <laughs> I've got a dog by the name of Pippin. 
is a Shih Tzu mixed with pit bull. <laughs> Last part is not true. <laughs> but I need street cred. <laughs> and Pippen, named after the second greatest basketball player ever, can tell when people don't like him. Did you hear me? Pippen knows. You think Jesus doesn't know? When you're just a clanging symbol? When you're just making noise? He, he, he can see it, and people can see it. If we're going to be disciple makers, we got to carry people with love. If we're going to be disciple makers, we got to carry people with compassion, even when it gets difficult, even when they don't say thank you. We got to carry people with the right attitude. Jesus can see it. The faith. And I got convicted studying this a couple of weeks ago. He sees their faith. And it hit me. If Jesus can see faith, that means he also can see faith. Did y'all hear me? I guess what I'm trying to say is we ain't fooling him. He's not dumb. He's not naive. He don't care about church cliches and platitudes. He knows what's on the inside. So I've told the church that I pastor, if I'm not big and bad or tough, I'm, I'm a wuss. Uh, but if you want to make me mad and see the tougher side of me, when we go feed the homeless people, treat them badly. Give them a plate with your nose in there. You're going to see a different side of me. When we go to Africa and dig wells, uh, don't hug the people that we give wells to. I've seen people not want to shake homeless people's hands or they put hand sanitizer on immediately after. That's not how you carry people. Y'all hear me? Jesus can see fake. How are you carrying people? How? <laughs> they carried this dude with faith. <laughs> we'll tear up the roof. That's faith, you can see. Be careful. We don't want to drop him. That's faith. <laughs> ain't ID? They were, my, ain't ID was 90-something when she died in March. My mom's 85. That generation, they don't really laugh and joke a lot. They're about working. But I remember that day when they're carrying me, we were laughing. That's how they carried me with joy. <laughs> Jubilation. We had fun. And it hit me <laughs> to carry somebody with a good attitude, with faith, looks crazy. To have faith for somebody else's blessing? That looks crazy. To have some faith for somebody else's breakthrough looks crazy. To be walking up the street carrying this handsome four-year-old <laughs> looks crazy. I guess what I'm trying to say, are you willing to look crazy carrying somebody? How are you carrying people? And then the final point, where are you carrying them? Where are you carrying them? Sunday school answer is what? Okay, let's try that again. <laughs> Sunday school answer is, you don't have to be scared. Say, Jesus. Jesus. That's the Sunday school answer. Even in the text, they carrying, they paralyzed man to who? Jesus. We can go home now. It's the last point. That's it. Jesus. 
We carry people to Jesus. Here's my problem. Which Jesus? I like how your head went up because you think I'm about to teach some bad theology. I like that. You're paying attention. Which Jesus? Which Jesus? I've said this before here. Is it like the Bee Gees looking Jesus? The white dude? Blue eyes? Not, I don't really care what color he is. I just, I just bent over to the Middle East. He wasn't that. I've been to Bethlehem. Which Jesus? Do we carry that Jesus in the hood? Or do we carry the Jesus that I've seen in Black Baptist Church? Look very similar to me. The locks. He kind of like, you know, that Jesus is Democrat too. And the, typically the white Jesus is Republican. Which Jesus? The Republican or the de which, which one? Which Jesus? Uh, the one that dislikes the same people you dislike. It just happened to work out that way. He agreed with you. The right Jesus is in the text. You can read the text too fast and you'll miss it. Jesus is telling us who he is in the text. Look at verse 5. Verse 5, Jesus, Jesus, when he saw their faith, he said to the paralytic, Son, your sins are forgiven you. Some of the scribes were sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why does this man speak blasphemies like this? Listen to this question. Who can forgive sins but God? That doesn't excite y'all. All three services, that verse excites me. I'll, I'll read that verse again. Who can forgive sins but God? <laughs> I'll read it one more time. It's okay to shout. It's really okay. It's okay. It's okay to lift hands. Who can forgive sins but God? <laughs> In other words, these dumb religious, did I say that out loud? These jokers are answering their own question. Uh, but Keith, you said they carried the man to Jesus. Yeah, but who can forgive sins but God? Let me, let me school you a little bit. Uh, when you look at this text, the passive voice here is a divine passive. <laughs> I'm going to say it again. The passive voice is a divine passive. I'm a Bible nerd. That don't mean nothing to you, does it? The passive voice is a divine passive. Here's what I mean. When the Holy Spirit breathed on Mark, had Mark right, the Holy Spirit wanted it to be clear that God is doing the forgiving. Okay, y'all still missed it. The Holy Spirit wanted it clear that God is doing the forgiving. But Keith, you said they carried the man to Jesus, and now you're saying God forgave him. Yeah. But they carried him to Jesus, but God forgave him. Yeah. But they carried him to Jesus, and you're telling me, God, what am I trying to say? Jesus is making a not-so-subtle claim on God. <laughs> Do y'all hear that? He, he's shaking up their world, and he's still saying the same thing today. If your Jesus is not God, you got the wrong Jesus. If your Jesus is just the man upstairs, you got the wrong Jesus. If he's just a good prophet, you got the wrong Jesus. We got to carry people to God. It excites me. But I'm not done. 80 more minutes and we're out of here. Because, oh, don't you love the Bible? 
read it really slow because Jesus is not finished schooling them. Look at verse 8. Excuse me, educating them. But immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that these jacked up religious leaders <laughs> reasoned thus within themselves, he said to them, why y'all tripping? It's in the text, right? Why, why y'all acting a fool? Why do you reason about these things in your heart? Which is easier to say to the paralytic, your sins are forgiven you, or to say, arise, take up your bed and walk? Which is easier? Jesus, can I answer? Uh, Jesus, on one hand, it's easier to say and declare that sins are forgiven rather than say that you're healed of paralysis because you don't have to prove it physically. If you say that you're healed of your paralysis, you got to prove that physically. So on one hand, to say sins are forgiven is easier. But Jesus, on the other hand, it's harder. Why? Because for that to be true, that sins are forgiven, one must possess the authority <laughs> to forgive the sin. Doug, amen, man. Amen for me. I'm going to say that again. In order to declare that somebody is forgiven, you got to have the authority. I'm trying to excite y'all. In other words, I'm trying to show you Jesus has all authority. Jesus has authority over sin. Jesus has the authority. I don't care what you've done. There are pe people in there that have had abortions. Jesus has authority to forgive you. He has authority over the very thing that has your teenager jacked up. Jesus has authority over it. The very thing that's got your marriage on the rocks, Jesus has authority over it. The very things that the doctor's scratching their head, they can't figure out how to fix it. Jesus has authority over sickness, disease, even the demons know it. <laughs> So we must carry people to the Savior and not simply to Sunday service. Not the same thing. Uh, I'm thinning. I don't know if you see this. I'm thinning, brother. I look like Stevie Wonder. <laughs> Old Stevie. And I don't like when people bring guests to the church and they introduce them to me after church and they wanted their guests. They told them about my hair. My pastor has cool hair. Cool hair doesn't save people. Jesus does. Doug's a great communicator. Don't bring people here to hear Doug. They need Jesus. Craig can lead worship. He's awesome. Don't bring your neighbors here to hear Craig. They need Jesus, the one who's God, the one who has authority over their issues. Jesus. That's who we carry people to, the one that can say, take up your bed and walk. Jesus, the one who can forgive sin. Jesus, the one who can mend a broken heart. He can collect the broken pieces and make it better than it used to be. Jesus, the one who walked on water. Jesus, the one who calmed the raging sea. Jesus, the one who said, peace be still and everything chilled out. Jesus, a doctor. Jesus, a lawyer. Jesus, a way maker. Jesus, my peace. Jesus, bread. Jesus, the living water. Jesus, bread from heaven. Jesus, the Messiah. Jesus, Savior. My everything. 
That's who we, and that should excite you. When you realize he has authority and he's God, you will even pray differently. Some of y'all are praying to him and you don't believe he's God. I'm two minutes over. But you've let me come here, what, 10, 11, 12 years? And I've been two minutes over for that many years. <laughs> Ain't I D and my mom, that day when they took me uptown, I'm almost 50 now, I don't remember most of the details, but I can guarantee you some things. I guarantee you we stopped in J.C. Poole's men's store. I've been with them enough to know that's always the first stop. And we talked to Mr. Hardy, he owned the store hoping he'd give us a deal on some Lees or Levi's. And I guarantee you after we left J.C. Poole's men's store, we went down to Woolworth. They had the fountain drinks and that good ice cream. And then I guarantee you after that, we went to Gallant Belk because my mom had layaway there. Google layaway. <laughs> <laughs> By the time I got my clothes, they were out of style. <laughs> and then I guarantee you, the last place we went was Rose's Five and Dime, because Ain't I D had to have a popcorn before we got in the car. They knew where we were going. Oh, boy. Not like me. 20-something years ago, I went to my hometown again, and... Hadn't been there in a while. I didn't know the ins and outs of the town. I was with one of my childhood friends, and a man that we both knew came to me and says, can you give me a ride uptown? I did. My friend was in the back. The man was in the passenger seat. We get to the house where I'm to drop him off, and he says, wait for me. He says, don't go in. Park in front of the house. Don't park in the driveway, and just sit here and wait for me. I'll be right back. I didn't know what was going on. As soon as he got out, my friend says, do you know where we are? I says, no. He says, we at the crack house. He says, do you know where we are? I said, no. But this going to make a good story one day when I preach. <laughs> it's bad when you're carrying somebody but you don't know where you're carrying them. You're supposed to be the leader of your home, but you don't know where you're carrying your family. You're supposed to be leader at work, but you don't have a clue where you're carrying them. It's bad when you're the church and you don't know where we're supposed to carry people. We think we're supposed to carry people to a cool church service. <laughs> we think we're supposed to carry people to a comfort zone. We think we're supposed to carry them to a Jesus who's like a genie you can just rub and hocus pocus. No, you're carrying them to death. They have to die or they get to die. That doesn't even seem like it excites y'all. Yeah, we're carrying them to the one who can change their life, but they got to give up their life first. You got to lose it to find it. The church seems to have forgotten it. It ain't about simple Sunday services. Six minutes over. 
I'm done, though. You've been the most awesome young person ever. Give me some. You haven't slept at all. My own wife sleeps. <laughs> Ain't I D? Her last few years of her life, I would drive to Alberton. It's two hours and 15 minutes from my house. And I'd take Ain't ID and my parents to breakfast or lunch once a month. Can you put the picture of us up? That's us eating lunch one day. And you know how long it took us to get in the car? <laughs> and that's because of my ailments. <laughs> Every time we'd go for breakfast or lunch, and Ain't ID would never eat her food. She'd just eat a little bit, and then she'd pack it really nice and neat, and she'd spend the entire lunch or breakfast thanking me. <laughs> She would thank me like the entire breakfast. And then we'd, we'd make our way to the car afterwards and, and all the way there. And I'd be like, come on, Lane ID, hurry up. I wouldn't do that for real. <laughs> She'd be thanking me. And then we'd get in the car and I'd either take her back to my parents' house or to the nursing home and on the entire ride. And I'm not exaggerating. She'd be thanking me. We'd get her to her room at the nursing home and she couldn't stop thanking me. And I finally said to her, because it didn't feel right. I was like, something ain't right with this picture. Why are you thanking me? Why are you thanking me? Shouldn't it be turned around? <laughs> Shouldn't I be thanking you? Ain't I did? And I just finally told her, how are you going to thank me for taking you out to Richard's or Huddle House how many times have you helped me? Ain't I did. How many times have you hooked a brother up with some black-eyed peas and some collard greens and some macaroni and cheese and some fried chicken and some Kool-Aid, great Kool-Aid, all the stuff that kills black folks early you've given to me? <laughs> I sh and I told her, I should be thanking you. I've taught this at the factory. We don't dig well so people will thank us. <laughs> we don't give homeless people food so they'll thank us. But I do think about it. Wouldn't it be nice to get to heaven and say, you know what? I thank you. I'm in heaven because of you. Thank you for carrying me to clean water, says somebody from Uganda. Thank you for carrying me to clean water, says somebody from Tanzania or Kenya. Thank you from some homeless person. Now that you came and fed me and you didn't turn up your nose, I know Jesus. I'm healed. I'm saved. I'm set apart. Thank you. Uh, we want to do things in a way where we carry people to Jesus with a good attitude that they turn around and do it for other people. I do what I do because I want people to get saved. There's no way I would choose this occupation otherwise. No way. So that's what I want now. I'm about to take my seat. Maybe there's somebody here you don't know Jesus. Now's the time for you to give your life to him. You don't know me. Who cares? But this Jesus that I've been talking about, something about him, you know it. It's touching you right now, right? He wants to save you. That's church language. He wants to take you from death to life. That's still church language. He wants to make your life better. You can understand that. He wants to be your everything. He wants you to give up your life that 
you think is good. He wants to give you a better life, not just heaven, but abundant life here. Can I read you a couple of verses? <laughs> Verse 10, Jesus is talking. He says, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth <laughs> to forgive sins. He said to the paralytic, I say to you, arise, take up your bed and go to your house. My favorite word in the text is the next word, immediately, immediately. I'll stop there. You know the rest. He got his healing. He got his forgiveness. He took up his bed and walked. And people was like, we ain't never seen nothing like this before. He did it immediately. I guess what I'm trying to say to that person who's never asked Jesus to save them, he can do it immediately. Instantaneously, he can do it. We love things that we get instantly, don't we? We live in that culture of instantaneous stuff. The problem with our instant, we get it quick, but it's flimsy. It's cheap. It doesn't last. Think about Jesus, his grace, his mercy, his salvation. It's instantaneously done, but it's inexhaustibly done. I'm trying to say to somebody, make the best decision of your life, and it'll last. I'm almost 50 years old. I got saved at 17, and my salvation still feels brand new. My dad is 95 years old. His salvation has not run out. The warranty is still, still good. I want to invite you to say, Jesus, I want you to save me. Bible says, whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. You have to believe he came from heaven to earth. He died on a cross. He had never committed sin but he shed his blood for the remission of sin. You gotta believe that. You gotta believe they put him on a cross and he hung there and died, but he got up from death. Now he sits at the right hand at the, of the Father. And my favorite part is he's coming back for those who are his. And maybe you've never asked him to save you. I'm gonna do you a favor and I'm willing to jump off of this stage and carry you. I'm very serious. I wanna carry you to Jesus today. You can do it in your seat. I don't care. But if you've never asked Jesus to save you, can I see your hand? You want to do it today? I'll pray for you. See your hand. And I don't know if you're ashamed to come here. If not, I'll, can I come get you? Oh, you're not ashamed? You want to come down? Come on. Come on. Somebody else. You've never asked Jesus. Hey, hey. Oh, hold on. 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 I came here a few years ago. I didn't teach all that. When people get saved, we celebrate. I know you ain't used to it. Celebrate. It's got to be more than a clap. Come on, come on, come on. Celebrate. celebrate. Somebody else, you've never asked Jesus to save you. You've never asked Jesus to save you. Somebody else. Come here. Come here. What's your name? Jackie. 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 Look at her. <laughs> Hmm. 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 Praise God. I know that there's another service, so I want to I wanna be respectful, but I want you to know what you're doing. I don't want to fool you. What you're doing is going to change your life. I don't know you. You get to kiss your sin goodbye. I don't know about you. I used to like my sin. So you need to love Jesus more. He's worth it. Thank you. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to pray with me. Don't be ashamed. Say, Jesus, Jesus. I'm giving up my life. I'm giving up my life. Hmm. I forsake all that I know. I forsake all that I know. I want to follow you. I want to follow you. 
I'm clear about what I'm doing. I'm clear about what I'm doing. I'm asking you. I'm asking you to save me. I believe you died on the cross. I believe you died on the cross. But I believe you rose from the dead. But I believe you rose from the dead. I'm asking you now. I'm asking you now. Save me. Save me. Don't just save me. Don't just save me. Be my Lord. Be my Lord. I submit to you. I submit to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. I pray. I pray. Amen. 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 <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, wow, wow. I, can I, I, I got to go, but somebody on the prayer team, can you please come and, 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 and explain to her even more, please? Some leader here. Don't make me beg. Come on, come on. Thank you, Jack. And make sure you talk to me after. One more hug. Bless you. See you all.